What's up, y'all? This is Tiny and Kelvin Smith. Running back DeAndre Torrey. Senior receiver Michael Lawrence. Senior guard DJ Draper. And you're listening to Bruni's Breakdown Podcast, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni. And with me is a very burgundy-looking Colin Mitchell. I like that sweater, Colin. It's, yeah, thank you. It's comfortable, you know? I don't know what else to say to that. Sorry, you, you don't take compliments well at all. Well, that's one thing well, I realized. That's why I stopped complimenting you. I don't. I don't take compliments because I feel like I don't know. I don't know what you want me to say. Oh God! All right, we'll never complimenting Colin again on this podcast. Just insult me. Um, that's what I'm gonna what return is bad? to doing. What is bad about what I'm wearing? Everything, Colin. Everything. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you look awful. So God, um, I can't get a compliment. Everyone. No, you can't. Awful. Um, but yeah, Colin, uh, you take the sip of the, that Red Bull because it's the last sip you'll be taking what? <laughs> of this season. Season already ended, Bruni. I I don't even know how to intro this podcast. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's it's really tough. But the thing is, everybody. The thing is, I shouldn't even have to intro it because everybody who's listening is on the same page. Right. Everyone here is just like you know, listening to this to get away. I guess so. I don't want to like. Bring it back. If you listen to my I bonus breakdown important. podcast, there was a lot of um, sadness, yeah. sadness on yeah. there. So go check that out if you want to be sad uh, and if you want my true emotions. But Colin, I think the per- perfect place to start, and for all you listening out there, obviously, all the tournaments, all the sports in the world are basically canceled. I think there's a UFC event this, or this weekend. Or suspended. Yeah, suspended. Canceled or suspended. Yeah, you know, Post Malone still had a concert last night. Okay. Sh- yeah, shout out Post Malone. I don't even want to get into that. Jesus but yeah, Christ. So um, but anyways, um, yeah, everything's canceled. We will still persevere. We are. I still have a lot of content in my head that I'm excited to get to y'all. Next week is going to be a very fun week of stuff. I have seven straight days of stuff planned. So be on the lookout for that. It's like preview week, except not the opposite the opposite what would you call what's the opposite of preview apocalypse week (laughs) so um it's like shark week yeah exactly (laughs) so but yeah and then we'll we're looking into doing some cool video stuff for y'all as well so be on the lookout for that next week colin you were in attendance when the conference usa tournament was canceled you were texting me and um just walk me through everything that entire day because what was that? That was Thursday. Yeah, that was Thursday. So, so we'll start with Wednesday actually. Okay. Oh, go ahead. So, so Wednesday, you know, I'm sitting on the court taking photos of all these teams, and about four o'clock, I want to say it's four. I don't really know. I was, you know, I'm I'm refreshing Twitter because I'm like everything's starting to get canceled. The NBA is yeah. like, hey, they, you know, the Jazz players, whatever, all that's happening. So then I'm constantly refreshing, and I'm like, the NCAA is gonna gonna cancel this tournament. And then they get rid of the fans, and I was like, okay, maybe there's an outside chance media can come. So I'm still refreshing while taking these photos, and you can tell that everyone in, in the arena and the star who knew like what was happening was kind of like, oh crap. And then the next day, I go, uh, you know, wake up at eight, get to the arena at ten. We're sitting there. Rice is warming up. This is the women's team. Rice is warming up. Uh, Marshall's warming up. There's 37.8 seconds left on the clock before they start calling lineups guy comes on the announce on the PA and says, uh, effective immediately. We are canceling the tournament. Everyone please leave. Like it was that concise. And we, I, I literally was about to walk into the floor to go take these lineup photos. And I left <laughs> Like that. I mean, that was it. it. There was nothing. It wasn't 
first of all, being there in the morning, it felt like I shouldn't have been there. Mm-hmm. Like it just felt like it's. It felt like more like why am I here? There, there shouldn't like this. Should, I feel like I feel like the players knew that this doesn't mean anything at this point. Like they knew what was going to happen. Now, obviously, for a lot of those early games, um, and then also for even men's games, mm-hmm. um, from far teams, there's not a lot of people there. So when the fans got um restricted to only family that's where i was like okay well it won't make that big of a difference it made a difference but you could tell even yeah even in the early games where they probably were only going to be 200 people you well yeah because i mean you saw family kind of trickling in and then when they all sat down there was probably maybe like 60 70 people out mm-hmm. there the bands were in the stands but there was nobody in between the bands yeah so for those of you who don't know the bands were in the stands and they were sitting on opposite sides of the of the temporary seating and it just felt like it felt like we were on like lockdown and they were being forced to play this game. I mean, yeah. it it just felt like that. It felt, the air felt empty. There was no excitement. Like they obviously had some music playing or whatever. They were warming up. They were trying to get hyped, but like they were just kind of going through the motions. I think everybody was. Yeah, and that's a Rice women's team that was the number one team, I believe. Right, they went to the tournament two. last year. Yeah, I mean that's a really good Rice team, and so uh, for them not to have a buzz around them is really weird. And but I. And obviously, I wasn't there. You were there. But I was interested to see how North Texas FAU played out because they were the first men's game mm-hmm. of slated for the night. And so I was like, all right, just let's just play this. Let's see how it goes. After that, obviously, um, because you said four. I think the jazz situation happened later. I think that was like seven or eight. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. On, on Wednesday. Yeah, I wasn't sure when that all started. Yeah, that was on Wednesday. And so then on Thursday morning... When I woke up at about nine or so, that's when tournaments started getting canceled. Yeah. ACC, Big Ten started just going down the list of cancel, cancel, and that's when I was like, "Conference USA is done." Yeah, well, because right. as all that was happening, obviously they're storming up. I looked over to the because the guy I sit next to is the guy that runs all the sponsorship stuff on the billboards, mm-hmm. and I was like, "We probably won't be here tomorrow." And he's like, "Why is that?" I said, "They canceled all the tournaments," and he goes, "Well, as of right now, I think we're good." And then literally thirty seconds later. Conference USA tournament's over, yeah, and like nobody knew what to do. Like he's calling his boss, like because he's not supposed to leave till Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the my contact for photos was like, yeah, I bought a flight yesterday because I assumed that this was happening. Obviously, they had no knowledge because they're not commissioner stuff. But yeah. right before it happened, one of the higher up guys that I'm in, that I was in contact with ran onto the court and was like, yeah, he was like, stop, <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> it's a it was a surreal uh, few days from that. And I mean, just thinking about it, I, I talked about this on that bonus breakdown podcast, but just thinking about that um, is crazy. And it's just jarring that you won't have those moments that you remember that you rely on every year. Last year, I remember being being there when North Texas played FIU and I was there for all a lot of games. I was there for yeah. every game, but um when North Texas played FIU and Ryan Woolridge hits that three-quarter court shot, they go and they beat FIU. Then they play West Kentucky the next day. Ryan's playing limping. Like, I can recite those games from memory. Right. Like, just off the top of my head. Now, imagine that that was with a 10th seed in North Texas team. This is with a first seed North Texas team. Right. Who is supposed to be Yes. And everything. I'm speaking from my perspective. I know I'm not alone. I know I'm one of hundreds, maybe thousands of people that would have been in attendance that would have been just would not have forgotten what they saw mm-hmm. and so when i think of that that's what sucks the most like you're just those are the moments like even this football season this football season was sucked 
and it was four and eight season, but I can remember every single moment. I can remember the Houston game, punt return, kick return. I can remember every single moment there, and a lot of fans can't just because these are this is what you kind of wait for as a fan. These are right. the moments where that define your season. Good or bad. Yeah, the Houston loss defined your season. Rice the, loss. Yeah, the Rice loss defines your season. I mean, the UAB, in just the mood that UAB game, the last game of the season for football, you remember that. And albeit I'm very thankful that North Texas won the conference championship on their home court, the regular season one, Western Kentucky. That was a moment of its own that I won't forget. But this was, you know, this was, this is what you play for. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what makes it difficult. And I think, that's what makes it difficult. I think what's crazy too is you bring up, you know, memories and remembering things. I think the thing I'm going to remember most is when I was walking out of the arena, Rice's band was playing like they had just won as they're getting on the bus. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like a game just ended. You know how the bands do their thing? Like yeah. that happened the second they announced the conference is ending, except instead of it's after a win, it's after they just canceled the tournament and the bands are just kind of going through everything. They kind of gave them like a little ovation while they get on the bus to go leave. I mean, this is like 15 minutes after this whole thing happened. So, I mean, they were ready. But then when you're walking out, everyone else just seems to be like life as usual. Yeah. So it's weird. It's It's weird to think that maybe this is only affecting sports at this exact second like this. And we're just all kind of feel surreal because it's so much of our lives. Yes. Whereas other people, you know, they're just going about their lives as, as usual. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Sports is just, sports has always been a unifying thing for a lot of people. And it's always been something that has given something, it's given a lot of people more purpose, I guess. Yeah. Especially players, coaches and everything when it's their job. But then as fans and as people, as humans, you you have something to get away from life. And a lot of people that sports. For me, I know, and for both both of us, I know what it's been two or three days since the last NBA game, and I haven't known what to do. I've literally, yeah. I've been at home watching North Texas basketball games, old basketball games from this season, just to try to get content and stuff. But also because I just have nothing else to do. Right. Yeah. So, I laid in bed last night for like three hours, just like on my phone. Yeah, but you do just, that anyways. <laughs> See, now that I'm not getting compliments, I'm just go. getting insulted. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's why it's it's so crazy. So then after it gets canceled, there was still no word of the NCAA tournament being canceled. And so I was, you know, curious to how all that was going to play. I was I was hopeful that the NCAA tournament would would be delayed. That's what I was hopeful for. I was like, push it back a month or two. Um, even if it's played in May, I... I would still rather have that than nothing at all for these guys because it just it just sucks. The conference tournaments you can do without um, to an extent, but this is would be jarring if it was canceled. And um, it was now in that moment between conference tournament and NCAA, NCAA tournament, North Texas went back and I texted you and Grant was looking for a place to practice. He was like, "All right, how when do we when can we practice?" Because the NCAA tournament was still on, and so they were the automatic bid. So they go back to the super pit and they practiced. Yeah, that kind of tells you like how how Grant and the players must have felt like the denial of like this can't actually be happening. Exactly, and it's our time to do this. Exactly, like this is not supposed to be happening. This is supposed to be our run. This is supposed to be this it's supposed to be happy at this time. Exactly, and then an hour later, once they they started practice at three at four, the NCAA tournament was canceled, and that that was when I was like all right, everything's done. Yeah. And that's when I started feeling bad for like the players and the coaches. Cause like you work so hard all season for this and it's just over in a, 
in a matter of seconds, in a matter of minutes. Um, that was crazy to me. And I, I, like I said on the Bonus Breakdown pod, uh, podcast, the, the baseball and softball players, I just feel for them too to have played, what, 10 games out of their 50-something, 60-game season. That's crazy too. And so, um, yeah, and then so after that happened – the NCAA, or no, the NBA season was canceled on Wednesday night, I think. Suspended, yeah. Yeah, Wednesday, suspend, suspended on Wednesday minimum night. 30 days. Yeah, it'll be more than that. Oh, yeah, but that's just... Yeah, minimum. And basically, that was it. Everybody, I mean, they got on Twitter, they said thank you, and it's, it, um, it required a lot of dignity from the players and the coaches to kind of just be like, you know what, this is, this has to happen. This is what has to happen. The way with the way this virus is spreading, you just can't be playing these games. You don't know enough about it. You don't know who is sick. There's not enough tests and stuff. You can't risk anything. And so, um, yeah, we won't get into the virus here, but it's just, it sucks that it had to happen, but it had to happen. And so that's, I'm glad they've come to terms with that. Yeah, even absolutely. though it's still probably shocking to them. Of course, but I mean, in the end, it's not a season to forget. I mean, you wrote that column, which is very great. You should, everyone should go read that. I mean, it's the team accomplished a lot. It's it's not like the season was for nothing. I mean, they had memory. I mean, like we said to open the podcast, you you'll remember the season. They'll remember every sure. moment of the season, including this, which in and itself, although it's unfortunate, it it makes it unique and special in its own way. Yeah, and so. After that, then uh, the NCAA today said that they were, um, for the spring sports, which are baseball and softball, they were granting them another year of eligibility. And then they were going to look into the winter sports, which I believe is mostly basketball. I don't know how tennis, I know tennis has two sports. I know golf has. Yeah, I don't I don't know where sports dates. fall in. Fall. Yeah, it's been a while since I was at the Daily, so I don't remember exactly. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so they're, they're looking into that. I don't expect anything. For basketball, especially, um, to come out of this, I think this is just the way it ends. I think yeah. you just wait till next November it's, for the season to start back it's, up. It's too unrealistic to try to do, not only because of scholarship limitations, but as like you were saying before the podcast, like you have incoming freshmen, you know, you you almost kind of cancel out their year if they were supposed to come in and contribute. If you have like a twenty six year old Dangu, I don't know how old he actually is, yeah, but whoever, you know, you have you have you'll have older guys that are just kind of taking a year of development away from them when they committed expecting them. So you're, you're just kind of pushing back in an inevitability. Yeah. And, um, and then also you have classes cause you have to be enrolled in classes in order to play. So mm-hmm. if you're a graduated senior and I mean, you have to take those classes, which requires more scholarship money. And it's just a lot of inner workings that the winter sports will not, I believe will not change. The only way it could happen is if the NCAA was like, here, we'll give you the money somehow but it's for a hundred three hundred fifty three teams right exactly that and that's and where it division becomes two division three in the nai juco and that's where it becomes unrealistic you're talking about a thousand teams and that's not realistic so um yeah it's unfortunate um we'll see um i'm still interested i'm even i mean basketball played most of the season baseball and softball i'm interested to see how they handle that so they're going to do something with that i just don't know what they're going to do right so um so yeah, that's everything I think with the cancellations. Um, again, very unfortunate, but we are going to persevere through it. Um, hopefully, you know everybody is 
somewhat isolated try to stay home as much as possible and we'll we we will get through this um trying time so let's recap the season oh you got something uh, i don't know if you want to read this for oh yeah i did see this on on twitter i don't i don't know if you want to say what that is yeah recruiting dead immediate well recruiting dead period Im- effective immediately the ncaa has established a recruiting dead period from friday march 13th to wednesday april 15th at which point the NCAA will reevaluate. As a result, our staff must cease on all on all on slash off campus recruiting activity. No evaluation contacts unofficial or official visits. That's from Adrian Mays' Twitter, the tight ends coach. So yeah, <laughs> even recruiting is going to be very tough um, as far as getting content up about that because there's not going to be visits. There's not going to be offers. There's not going to be um, signings. All there's going to be a speculation at that point. So um, we'll see how that plays out. I know North Texas football has spots still to fill with the 2020 class. Yep. We know that. There will be in the graduate transfer market. There will be in the junior college transfer market. Um, basketball. Juco, guys. Is supposed to. Basketball with signing period is in April. Um, obviously, if they can get guys committed verbally, it will be similar. But you still have to sign them. All of this is just uh, snowballing. It is snowballing, <laughs> and I feel like we're close to the end, the bottom of the hill as far as sports goes. Obviously, you know, politics and everything will go around. Government will go around around uh, this virus and edit things throughout the the coming weeks. But sport, as far as sports goes, just everything's canceled. Right. So there's not much more you could do other than that. Exactly. Okay, Colin. Let's recap this season. Yay. Because like you said, like you said, it was a historic season. It was an unforgettable season. It was a season where North Texas was the Conference USA champs, fourteen and four um, overall, twenty and eleven. They ended the season with obviously one of the top twenty most difficult non-conference schedules in the country. They beat Western Kentucky. They beat La Tech on the road. They split with both of, both of those teams. Um, some classic games. Some great performances. Um, I don't even know where to start. We we have we have superlatives we're gonna get into in a bit, but I guess first we both predicted North Texas to come in around sixth, seventh in the conference. I think before the season or something like that, yeah. which I think was a very safe guess. I think that was not nothing to scoff at. Before the conference season started, I said thirteen five. So that tells you how different we thought of them at that point, but. What allowed this team to take that step forward from 6th or 7th, which the media also had them at 7th as well, to 1st? I think it was the fact that they were able all to adapt so quickly to to not only each other, but to the system. And same with the coaches. I mean, Grant had to turn a team around of eight new guys, basically, to be a basketball team that can compete with the best teams in Conference USA. So... I think that it's just been their ability to adapt to everything and kind of, you know, realize what needs to be done to get the job done. And I think you bring up a good point, adapting. And I think a step further than adapting is improving mm-hmm. throughout this season. You look at where they were when they played Arkansas, VCU, et cetera, et cetera. And Thomas Bell was a shell of himself. He was a dribbling forward that couldn't do much besides rebound and play a little defense. Now he's a force. And then you go Javion, who was a timid player that played on the outside that could drive, but wasn't even that good at finishing at the moment. Um, 
James Reese didn't shoot much. I mean, you go down the list, the only players were that were effective were Zach early in the season, Mo with the returners, DJ. You had guys that were the returners that knew what they needed to do to win that were in place. Dang was also good to start the season off, but the ability to adapt to what teams were doing to them and then the ability to excel with how defenses were playing them. Mm-hmm. And then also on the defense side of the ball to be able to play at that level early in the season to give themselves a chance to win games and then continue to build on that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen very often. Right. It, it and, and it also speaks to the character of this team because you, you talk about them now. I mean, offensively, they were not that great at all. I mean, they were no. pretty close to awful at first. Yeah. And to to play defense at that level and and not be sure if you're going to be able to score in the next three possessions, but know that if you play defense, you have a chance. That That's a big thing, too, because most teams, if you don't play good on offense, defense seems to wane, yeah. and it seems to be the opposite for North Texas. They finished the season, North Texas does, ranked 77th overall in Ken Palm, ranked 34th in Ken Palm in offense, and 100 and... Hold on, make sure. 146th in defense. Pretty damn good. Yeah. It's uh it's jarring and I mean a lot of our superlatives will take care of our season recap. Um but I guess we should start with what defensively why was this defense able to be effective early in the season and then as the season wore on they were kind of a little inconsistent but they were still an elite defense when they needed to be i'd say it's it's everyone's on the same page like they knew what they had to do obviously you didn't have really you didn't have elite defenders outside of reese really mm-hmm. and javion was able to hold his own and everyone kind of knew their limitations defensively like they they didn't try to do too much you like if if you have a guy get past you you know that ding's going to be there for a block or that thomas is going to be there to, to get the defensive rebound so i think it was more so trust in each other and also knowing how they how they're able to play of course and um i do want to give credit to the coaching staff for implementing this for overhauling their defense from last year probably a 90 percent change from their defense from last year to this year what's crazy too is their defense wasn't even bad last year no it was good which, which yeah which it which was is, really good which is amazing to me that to take that big of a step to be like okay scrap it even though it was good mm-hmm. let's switch it up and then they were even better yeah and uh i remember I don't want to get this mixed up. I'm pretty sure it was Grant who brought the idea to Ross and Ross was against it initially because they were so good defensively. And then Ross eventually came around and then he basically instilled it. He installed that because he's a defensive genius. Ross is and obviously Grant is too, but they work together so well and the way they were able to implement this and the way they were able to fine tune it to their personnel is so admirable and it paid off in a big way. I mean, there just wasn't time. There weren't those moments where you're like, oh, no, like this is a bad matchup or, oh, no, this is they look out of position regularly. It was always they were on a string. Like you said, Mo Javion held their own. Zach held his own um, despite his, you know, lateral quickness limitations. Rose came in, stepped up defensively. DJ came in, stepped up defensively. You have Jalen come off the bench, play minutes. He's good defensively. There just wasn't, despite their, and we always joked about this, but the other teams always looked more intimidating just as far as size, athleticism, dunks. And it's always been like that. Yeah, it's always <laughs> been like that, right? 
and this year at least they played you know they had dang and zach in the front court so they looked a little more intimidating but still you roll jalen out there you roll dj out there you roll mo out there those are three guys that are six foot with rose most. times as well yeah rose that, out that was there. a lineup at one point <laughs> yes um but I never doubted their physical capabilities, despite how it appeared. When you played Louisiana Tech, when you played Western Kentucky, even when, um, even though they didn't have Charles Bassey, but it was just like, I didn't question a that they were prepared and b that they were physically ready to match up yeah. with those guys, which and, is crazy. And a big thing too that Grant preaches is, uh, if you play harder than the other team, you have a really good chance of of winning a college basketball game, and that's kind of what they've always come into with every game. They've really, you know adopted that and took that on and i mean it shows especially when like you said you have guys like maya out there at the five you have dj guarding you know some sometimes when he gets switched onto a post player like he he doesn't he doesn't back down yeah um so yeah it was a very good season defensively i think they could possibly even be, be even better next year depending on who they bring in um but even if they just plugged Thomas into that starting lineup, it's a really good starting five <laughs> defensive lineup. And we'll get into next season preview as well, or not preview, but more so just the look. Yeah, just how it's going to look and feel. Um, and then offensively, that it's it still just boggles my mind how they were able to get so good in the span of two months, max. Like you go from a, an offense, and it's amazing because you go from an offense the first month of the season carried by Mo and Zach pretty much. Mo was putting up insane numbers. Mo was distributing. Mo was the only one we trusted with the ball. Really, late in games, it was like, give the ball to Mo. He's going to make the right player. He's at least going to give you a chance. Zach in the post was also a force. Zach was forcing double teams. Zach was finishing. Zach was a good role man. Those two were like the keys to this team. And I don't know when exactly that changed. It was kind of a gradual change, but it, then it eventually went to Javion being the catalyst and the shooters. Mm-hmm. That's what it kind of transitioned to. So it went from, and it was still high ball screens, a lot of it obviously, from just Mo being the ball handler to Javion. But when Javion was the ball handler, you had Mo, Reese, DJ, I'll say Rose, sure, why not? Put Rose out there as uh, to space the floor, and that was when the offense really took off. Yeah. Because then they started shooting threes, and like we said before, we have a whole podcast named Snipers. They had snipers. Yep. They have elite shooters, the best shooters in Conference USA pretty much. Fourth and, best in the nation. Yeah, they have crazy shooters and then you had Javion Hamlet who stepped up and became that player that could get to the rim that player that could hit floaters that player who could hit mid-rangers that player, three level score yeah three level score and when nothing else worked you could give him the ball mm-hmm. and then you saw him also get a little bit of a an attitude you saw him kind of be like all right he started trusting himself. He started knowing what he was capable of. I went back and watched, or not watched, but I looked at his stats uh, at Northwest Florida his last year at Juco last year, and he went 4 of 13 in their last game. And I was thinking how weird it would be if he went 4 of 13 in like the, a conference tournament game this year. Yeah. 
Like it, it's unheard of. He he started shooting fifty over fifty percent in every single game. Yeah, every time he shot, you thought it was going in. Yes, mid range floater threes. It doesn't matter. He hit back to back threes against Old Dominion like they were nothing to close out the half. He hit a shot over Anderson to close the half against West Kentucky. Hit an and one over Anderson in overtime against West Kentucky. Against La Tech at home, he hit. Multiple. It was like 12 points, and then he was responsible for the last 16 points. Yeah, the, exactly. And so he kind of took on that challenge. He said, no, I can be the guy. And then everyone said, no, you are the guy. Yeah. Like, there was no question at that point. James Reese, Mo Gibson, Zachary Simmons, they all said, you are the guy. And when that happens, and you and you talked about it on defense, everyone knowing their role on offense, everyone knew their role too. Dang, stop shooting threes. I think Dang could, could have shot threes, but he said, no, I need to just – take what they give me and make shots. Thomas also didn't shoot as many threes, even though he was like a 30-something percent three-point shooter because it's all about the team being efficient. Mm -hmm. And DJ picked his spots. We know how DJ is. He picks his spots anyways. Then Rose comes in. He he had those couple games where he was the best passer on the team. Yeah. The Marshall game where he had two or three assists. Then he comes in. um, I remember what game I was watching. FIU game, he had a couple assists. All these players just figuring out their role and figuring out what they needed to do. Zach's worked so hard on his post-passing when he got double-teamed. And it didn't work out sometimes, but he really worked on that. You just go down the list of players and everybody knew their role and everybody embraced it. And then Javion Hamlet stepping up and it, the offense just took over, took off. I, I think having that quote-unquote takeover guy, I mean, we talked about this so many times last year, how they never had a guy that could take over a game or t- could lead a team when they needed a bucket. And that that obviously causes some identity issues. And for this team this year to finally have an identity and have that leader, it I mean, obviously it shows. I mean, they're the number one seed. And it, it, it won them a lot of games. Yep. Okay. Should we go to... Should do we, we have questions? Superlatives? We do, but they're about next season. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, or after the loose season. superlatives. Yeah. Okay. So if you listen to our... We've done these. We did these last year, and then we also did them this year. Um. Also, should we do my uh, preseason scouting report? Remember that? Oh, I forgot about that. I yeah, forgot about that did, too. We did it last year. Yeah, but I don't know. It didn't make for that good of podcasting. Yeah, it was just a lot of long. It was a lot of words. Yeah. So, anyways, um, we will say that we had Zachary Simmons as our MVP before yep. the season. I had uh, JV on his most disappointing, possibly. You did? Yep. I don't remember who I had. As I had Reese player. scoring 18 a game over Mo. Mm-hmm. I had uh, Mo as sixth man of the year. <laughs> yes, you did. Mm, i trying to think. Defensive player, I might have had Thomas. I think I had Zach. I might have had Thomas, uh-huh. but I'm not sure. Wow. Yeah, we didn't listen to everything, but yeah, we were wrong. So yeah, this is this is our time to, to tell you that we're wrong and we are not perfect time, and we're not even good. good, really. Yeah. So um <laughs> but yeah, so here we're gonna do our post season superlatives, awards, um players just come on up and uh shake our hands, actually just dap us up, give us a fist bump. Um <laughs> should have had a whole show. <laughs> what kind of suit what kind of suit is is like uh Jalen wearing because he, he has oh Jalen's wearing like a Jalen's like getting like leopard print or something he's coming out <laughs> leopard print with like neon shoes on wearing sunglasses because I don't know if you've seen Reem's story where he has sunglasses yeah, on yeah, they yeah. call him Dion Dion Sanders <laughs> yeah that's what Jalen's wearing <laughs> who's who's the most conservative looking like who who's just the the black <laughs> black suit and tie oh uh, hold on from the players from the players 
It's not DJ. DJ's going flashy. I was thinking Zach at first. Thomas. It might be Thomas. Or Dang. Thomas or Dang. Be like Dang dresses like Tim Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> be like Dang dresses like Tim Duncan. Or Shaquem. <laughs> Shaquem showing up and just. Oh. JJ. Ah, oh, JJ. Now, JJ's got some style, man. I believe in JJ. I've, I've not seen any of these players outside of a few <laughs> me in neither, normal me street clubs. Uh, all so I've seen him is Don Ream's story, man. That's all I got. Um, <laughs> anyways, hold on. Before we get to superlatives, one more thing about this last season. It just hit Bruni. It just hit me. We got to talk about the Twitter beef. Oh. How did we forget about the Twitter hold beef? On. Let me. You open. got it? Oh, yeah. You got it? All right. So, for those of you who weren't aware or were off of Twitter after the Conference USA tournament got canceled, this was. Between that stretch where the Conference USA tournament got canceled at like 11 and then the NCAA tournament got canceled at 4. In between that, Western Kentucky players, or two players. I don't know who started it? Did Western Tavion. Kentucky start it? Tavion, Did Tavion started. started it. Tavion, not, yeah, Tavion Hollingsworth. Tavion Hollingsworth started it. And do you have the tweet? Because I, I had the tweet for a little bit. Yeah, I'm trying to get it, but I can't search his name. Anyways, it said something along the Here, line. I got it. Okay, you got it. I will get it. I sent it to me, my friend. I sent it to a couple people. Okay. Riveting yeah. podcasting going on right here. I know. Jesus, we texted a lot yesterday. Damn. Okay, here we go. Here we oh, go. I got it. I if got you it. a top seed in your conference celebrating a trophy you didn't win, you were scared to play with a laugh emoji. That's what Tavion Hollingsworth said. And, and at this point in time, the... This was 11.51. This is like 30 minutes after it got canceled. Right. Nobody, no players have tweeted anything... <laughs> Like no, but there's no way unless like some like unless like Javion walked up to Tavion Hollingsworth and was like, "Hey man, we're conference tournament champions." Like there's no way that that anything could be found out. And then after that, it was probably like an hour or two after that. Rose, Reese, and Zach. Did Zach tweet something? I only saw Rose and Rose and uh, Reese. No, okay, am I doing just Rose, Rose and Reese? I thought it was three players. Anyways, so Rose and Reese tweet like it wasn't even like a shot. It was just like... Do you have it? Yeah. So, okay. like, Rose said... Okay, so James Reese said, handle your business early so things uh, go wrong. You'll still end up on top. Hashtag champs. And then Rose said, unfortunate circumstances, but we put ourselves in a position to be where we're at right now. Conference USA champs. And then on Rose's tweet, Rawls... I don't know his first name. Rose also said before that... Oh, oh did he delete it? He might have deleted it. Oh, he deleted it. Oh, he deleted it. He said something petty. I don't remember what it yeah. was. It was good. Anyways, uh, so then Rawls on the on the, the Jordan tweet that Rawls. wasn't petty, Jordan Rawls. He said, "You don't play," and then that's 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 when it happened. That's that's when <laughs> Do it you happened. You have it. I have it. I my thread's not working. All right. So, so Ren Rose says quotes his tweet and says, "LOL, you right, but it don't matter, Rook, because he's a freshman. <laughs> I got a ring, and y'all going back home sick <laughs> with with a sick emoji." Oh my god. Yeah, and and Rose won that pretty quick. Uh Rawls responded with something else. Uh Did he, Rawls say something else? Oh, yeah. he said carried. Oh, yeah. That's what I saw. Anyways, it doesn't matter. They were the 2 seed uh at the end of the day. <laughs> so, it's, We needed to Quan Bracey to chime in here. Just to go to war. Just everyone just go, to, go war. to war. But no, that that was hilarious. That that was that was everything we needed. I'm trying after to make history. sure I didn't miss anything from Rawls, but that was tremendous. But yeah, I, I mean, in terms of that, I mean, you can only crown the one seed. What are you gonna? What are you gonna be like? Oh yeah, Western's <laughs> gonna win it. <laughs> uh, the, the crazy thing to me is that Tavion Hollingsworth could post, could tweet that, 
and this isn't I, I tell you host I haven't met him I'm sure he's a cool guy I don't know but how he could tweet that knowing that he missed two free throws to probably win them the game <laughs> I know <laughs> that's the toughest part for me is that right, like, I mean, I'm, that was there it wasn't just like that was North Texas chance to win the conference championship that was Western yes, chance as well like, exactly both teams had the same stakes exactly that's crazy. So, anyways, that was a much needed laugh last yesterday. I tweeted out that Rose looks like 2017-18 CBI Rose, and I don't know what what did you I, say? I tweeted that Rose is putting in an MVP performance in the Conference USA Championship. <laughs> <laughs> this is better than anything he's done since 2018, and it's amazing, man. Shout out Roosevelt Smart. You are always welcome on this podcast. Which is better, eight th- CBI Championship Rose MVP or this? Take your pick. It's up there, man. He's it's battling. Up it's up there. I mean, he's entertaining us right now against a global pandemic right now. Shout out Rose. Shout out Rose. Champion Rose. Cha- CBI champion Rose and conference champion Rose. Elite. Always welcome on this podcast. Someone tell Rose that. Someone tell Rose that. Anyways. You tell Rose that. He doesn't follow me on Twitter. He follows me. He just retweets my stuff. I think he follows me. Okay. Oh, he definitely does. He wants the photos. All right. <laughs> So anyways, now let's get into our superlatives. We I'm assuming a lot of these are easy, so we'll go down like I guess who we I think had, we can talk about we can talk about who we why. had as like second and stuff like yeah. that as well. Well I mean like like we can talk about why we had Zach preseason, I guess. No, no, no. They can go listen to that. Screw okay. it. Screw it. This is about this season, postseason, okay. looking okay. back okay. on this season. Okay. okay. MVP Colin, there's only one right answer here. Let's say it at the same time. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Three, two, one. Javion Hamlet. Javion Hamlet. MVP. Pretty um obvious. Yeah, definitely not a close second. Over 17 points per game in conference play. Obviously, in the non-conference, he wasn't as good, but he was still at least an option. No one would have thought that he was going to be MVP in the first 10 games of the season. Oh, no way. No way. And so, yeah, his evolution, like I talked about before, his ability to take on that role of being the player that this team needed is just admirable, and he is just deserves this. Anything else to add about no, he's uh, great. the Memphis Menace? <laughs> Had to throw that nickname in there. I love it. Yeah, no, there's, I mean, he's, he could be one of the best North Texas players by the time it's all said and done. If he wins another player of the year next year, he's getting his banner hung up. I don't want to hear another word about it. <laughs> that was a take. I don't want to hear that another was a word take. about okay. it. If he wins player of the year next year, and they... I don't even care if, if they come in top three in conference next year, and he wins player of the year, or vice versa. If okay, they if he if they get top three in conference next year, there is no way that Javion's going in... We can, we'll talk about this later. No way Javion goes in next year, and they don't win a championship. Like, Javion's heated <laughs> next year. Javion's, Javion's walking around the pit saying, this is my house. Every time he makes a basket, instead of just one, even in practice, he's turning around. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's there. This is I do. He's this. looking. At, he's looking at Ruben Jones like we're winning this thing. Oh, <laughs> Ruben, Ruben comes in. He's like, he just grabs him by the collar, picks him up by the you neck. Think this a game, <laughs> but yeah, acting like acting like Grant in practice, yelling at everybody. Oh, dude, yeah, no, Javion is definitely Grant two point now, and Ross. Um. But yeah, Javion is definitely first. Uh, second place has to be. Second place is a lot tougher for me because it it depends on how you quantify valuable. Mm-hmm. Like I would, I could say Reese is second. You most. could. But then again, I guess the safe pick's probably Mo. I'm gonna take Mo because of what he did early in the season, That's and how he point. was able to 
keep them in games early in the season. Yeah. Now Reese was obviously a big part of that as well defensively, but he didn't find his shot until the late. I think I think I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a uh, dark horse here. I'm gonna say Thomas. A third or second? Second. Okay. I'm gonna say that because without him, you don't really. And when you think about it, you don't really have a bench. Yes. Because then you're having to have DJ Maya. do a lot more. Maya didn't even think about that somehow. I mean, he's you don't even have to know the stats, but first in rebounds off the bench, first in bunch of stuff, and then like fourth in points. Yeah. He was he was very important for this team, especially when Zach got in foul trouble or whenever he was having an off night and got kind of got played off the court. I mean, Thomas was huge for this team. Exactly. All right, you ready for our next award? Yeah, I don't know what. First of all, congratulations, Javion Hamlet. Round of applause, everybody. Round of applause, Javion Hamlet. You, we will give you your award some other time. <laughs> paper plate award? No, we gotta be original. It's gonna be like a paper cup award or something. Paper cup. <laughs> we'll print out eagles and we'll write their names on it. You did it. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> Explanation point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, defensive player of the year. There's only one real answer here. Reese. James Reese. Yeah. Congratulations, James Reese. Um, he was. He locked down everybody he came up against. Devon Andrews, I think, highlighted his effectiveness. Like, that's a guy that, like, had awful games against North Texas, and he put up 16, 17 against everybody else. Mm -hmm. Devon Andrews was locked down. Amori Archibald, Louisiana Tech struggled. You go down the list of wings that North Texas played that James Reese was just on. Yeah. And it was everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you can go back to the VCU game even, VCU-Arkansas games, and you see James Reese running around, getting through screens, affecting shots, blocking shots, stealing the ball. Um, his work on Keaton Wallace, Javon Jackson, UTSA also. After seeing Keaton Wallace play uh, UAB the other night, I don't know. Those games were such teasers, man. I don't even want to think about those games. Uh, it's so upsetting. They but... were so much fun to watch, and I just... Whatever. Sorry, I Continue. made I made us I made us PTSD. Talk. Go. Yeah, <laughs> I was. It's just amazing how Reese was able to to affect so many guys. Now this is interesting. Is who's second? Okay, I have two seconds. Or because I think you can kind of help me pick. I I would either say Dang or Thomas. It's I think Thomas. I say but Dang, Dang is really good too. I say Dang. <laughs> it might be Dang. Actually. I think Dang because he he was not only able to guard the perimeter at a, an they effective his rate, versatility. but he was also able to protect the rim. And this team is, outside of Dang, you could argue this team doesn't even have a rim protector. Like, the second best rim protector on this team could be James Reese. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I think I'm, I'm, going, I'm coming around. I'm going to Dang. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm Because whenever we talked to, we've talked a lot about matchups before with this team and how Zach can struggle in certain matchups, and Dang was the solution. Right. He was always the solution. Whether you wanted to play him at the four or the five, he was the solution defensively. And they could switch yes. and, and do anything yes. they needed to with him defensively. Yes. I'll, I'll go with that. Dang second. Congratulations to James Reese. And, and dang for second. Well, sure. <laughs> you, you will not be getting a paper cup if you come in second, unfortunately. It just gets word of mouth. There you go. <laughs> hey, dang. Congrats. Congrats, dang. Um, sixth man of the year. It's pretty easy. Yeah, I don't really think that's that's tough. Thomas, Thomas Bell. Bell. There, there you, you go. go. Um, like you said, you basically said all. He's great. Yeah, fantastic player. I don't, I don't really know who a second could be off the top of my head. I think it's DJ still. Which which makes Rose came on at the end of the season. Which makes Thomas's value even higher. Yeah. Because imagine without him. Yeah. It would be Maya. Maya think would it, play. You say Maya? Maya would play. Oh yeah. As that third big. Yeah. Uh, is that really is DJ really the, <laughs> the second on that? Yeah, it's him or Rose. 
unless you yeah that's crazy to me but yeah i i'll say dj is second um rose came on towards the end of the season because dj stopped shooting and, and making shots but still uh dj's dj's value on the court is unquestionable and he is uh second so shout out to thomas bell congratulations for your award now, most improved player. I think this is the very interesting award. I went back and forth on this. This is one. very easy for me. Go ahead. It is JV on Hamlet. Two things. Preseason, I said that people might be disappointed with JV on because he might not so be because a star. you were wrong. No, not because I was wrong. Okay, go ahead. I was right for the first half of the season. You were. JV on, we, I said he might be disappointed because he's not going to be. As defense, he's not. He doesn't have. We did. We said preseason that he didn't have those elite skills that translated to the next level, like Ryan had. He didn't yeah. have elite defense. He didn't have elite speed or elite yeah. ability to the basket. Athleticism. Where, exactly. There you go. Whereas Javion was kind of just an all around guard, yeah. but he kind of showed us that he's elite in a lot of things, mm-hmm. and he's player of the year now. And I don't think anybody would have said that he was player of the year. I don't think he was. I mean, he wasn't even on our radar for MVP. You might be right. He wasn't even already. But for I think MVP. a player who improved just as much as him was Thomas Bell. Early in the season, I questioned if Thomas Bell would ever be a viable player. That's true. That's true. In almost every asset of the game. Yeah. But, at, at early in the season, I guess you just kind of thought of him as a body out there. Yes, like a big body who could kind of make open threes and just not dribble and yeah. not do anything else. He not only developed as a defender, he not only developed as an amazing rebounder, the best rebounder on this team, he not only developed as an offensive finisher around the basket, but he also developed as a passer and one of the better passers on the team. And he, I'm not going to make it sound like he was Magic Johnson or DeMont or Sabonis out here, Arvita Sabonis out here, but he made passes and yeah. he was effective and he was he allowed them on the perimeter to he could play on the perimeter and he could roll to the basket he finished lobs multiple times he gave them a rim threat an actual rim threat um a strong rim threat at that obviously Reese and Dang are rim threats as well but Thomas gave you that different dimension there and I I think that from where Thomas was early in the season to where where he is now I think he improved just as much as Javion, and I don't have a problem with Javion being most improved player because I think that could be probably the right answer. But Thomas Bell was almost as valuable, and or you know second in terms of second or third in terms of most valuable player. Mm-hmm. And early in the season, I would have argued he's probably eighth. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, no, that, that's, that's a good point. Like no, Javion like started at least to where he was like, okay, well maybe he can do some stuff, and obviously he improved a lot. But um, Thomas was looked like a lost cause, and then he became like an elite, elite player. So that yeah. was that was interesting for me. So shout out to Javion and Thomas for most improved player. Now let's get to most disappointing. I have two. Or do you want to do breakout first? It doesn't matter. Let's do breakout first. Let's get finish the happy stuff. Breakout player of the year. I feel like it's Thomas, right? I don't have one written down. Mm, I think it's, I think, well, see, I wouldn't say breakout because coming into the season, we thought Thomas was going to be really good. That's true. That's true. I don't know if you can say that. It's probably then Javion. We also thought Javion was going to be good. It'd have to be someone like. Dang. James? No. Dang? This is tough, actually, now. Dang. 
It, I think it'd have to be Dang. Dang was good. Even though I think I think coming the season we thought Dang was going to be more of an offensive threat. Yeah. But instead he developed into an elite defender. Yeah. And I I, I I'll I'll say break on that because I don't think we anyone expected him to get blocks like he did this year. Yeah. Um. So congratulations to Dang. I don't even know it was second. So breakout play of the year. Now let's get to most disappointing. Okay, I have two. You said that really fast. I have three written down, but I think I can think of three. But I have like go ahead two since we're doing too deep. Go okay. ahead. It's either Zach. Or Damn, I didn't have him written down. That's a good one. Go ahead. I don't know how. Who do you? Okay, it's either it's either Zach or it's uh, Larry. Those are my two. I didn't have him written down either. Okay, Larry might Larry might be the one though. Hold on. Okay. Okay. So this let me, is a discussion. Let's let me give you my here. let me give you my two arguments Go for ahead. why. Okay. So Zach, we thought he was gonna be MVP. Yes. He ended up, I would argue, regressing as a defender and offensively. He wasn't as much of a force as he was last in, in years past. And his rebounding, I think, probably fell off a cliff. Might be strong, but okay. Well, it they were they weren't able to cover it up as easily. Yes, I guess. Yes. Um, and then Larry, we thought he was going to be the backup point guard who would make a lot of things happen, and that just kind of just didn't happen. So could breakout play of the year be Jalen? No. Okay. Because because I think coming the season, we both knew that he was an elite defender. We both said he was going to register though. We both said he was in a red shirt. Well, we, we were adamant he was going to red shirt. But we didn't say he was in a red shirt because of his lack of talent. We thought it because we didn't Larry. think he'd get play time. Exactly. Larry. Exactly. exactly. Yes. So. Um, and JJ for that matter. Um, okay. So what three players that weren't Zach or Larry did you have written down? I'm going to, can I guess? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. DJ is one no, of yours? No. Oh, I had, no. Goodness. DJ, DJ, DJ was fine. Okay. This is really tough then. <laughs> Reese? No. Somehow, no. None of these just, three. just hit me with whatever right. you got. So one, and these are in no particular order. Okay. One is Abdul. Oh, I don't. We even, did expect Abdul to we be, didn't, we didn't be expect a player. To play. <laughs> Second is Shakim. <laughs> you picking players that just don't even play. <laughs> Shakim, no, Shakim's another good one. Though, we, we thought Shakim we thought would he was be, gonna be the back at of least five. We thought playable. He was, we thought he was gonna replace Maya. He's not playable. Okay, who's three? He needs to be playable by next year, so we, he's got some time. But uh, and then third, I had Rose. Unfortunately, I don't know because can, we said Rose before the Rose? season was going to be the icing. We said we said he could come in and you know maybe could. make some threes. Could yes, but we still said he was capable. He wasn't capable. He made what thirteen threes all year. That's so sad because he was on pace to like destroy the three point record, and now he's not even. Gonna, he wasn't even close. He was like thirty. He went thirteen of forty six from three this year. Yeah, I mean, but. That's how he was last that's, year. No, but that's not acceptable, and that's not what we. It's predicted. not acceptable. We but, we thought he was going to be an adequate player. We thought he was going to bounce back. I I okay. We thought he was going to be better than DJ, or at least on par with DJ. Right. In his own way, yeah. Yeah, like no, it wasn't. That's true. That's a good. Point. Early in the season, it wasn't close. I just still don't know how you didn't pick Zach or Larry. Zach is a good choice. <laughs> you really and, just destroyed the players. You just don't even get mitts. <laughs> Bernie was sitting there. You, he was like right. you said, Larry. But that was because he. he but they tried playing. They didn't try. They didn't <laughs> no, try no, playing no. Shaquem. Bernie was sitting. Bernie was sitting at his desk, and he was like looking at his thing. He's like, "All right, how can I put JJ in here?" Like, <laughs> he was sitting here. Like, hey man, we thought JJ could do something. Uh, but no, no. <laughs> and this is supposed to be a happy podcast, but I don't care. We we have our own segments. Um, no, Shaquem has to be ready to play by next year. Absolutely. He has to be able to play. Same with Maya. 
Both Maya, of them have to Maya, be able to Maya contribute Maya might not year. be doing anything next year. Well, it year. doesn't matter. They have to be. If they're going to do anything, well, obviously, Maya will be a senior, but come on now. We'll talk about this next year. We'll talk about this come on next, now. next second. Continue. Come on now. <laughs> Maya and Keem. All right. Um, Abdul, too. Not forgetting Abdul, too. He has to be ready yeah, next year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, continue. Larry. Larry, too. Okay, are you? Are we done with the awards? <laughs> Who do we pick as the most disappointing? I'm saying Zach. I think... I don't think Zach was as bad as you think he was. I think he just had a bad stretches. Okay. When he you, had bad stretches. When you more say than he, we thought if, he you, if we if we sat here sat up here and said Zach's gonna be MVP, an MVP cannot be played off the court. <laughs> See, by, but I didn't. I said he would be consistently at twelve and seven. He wasn't even close to that. He was probably like six and four. He was at. Nine and five. Nine and five. Now, I don't, that's not Turnovers. conference. That's not conference play. Which conference play would? Hold on, let me go to conference play. Yeah, please do conference because conference play is very different. Yeah, because like you said, they played through him consistently. Oh no, no, no! Look, nine points. Yeah, you can't say Zach. Hold he on. averaged nine points and four point six rebounds on sixty-five percent shooting in conference. How many turnovers? Over two a game. Which is kind of a lot, but um, no, you cannot. That that's not. Yeah. That's not bad enough. I thought that's he was not, at seven or so, but he's at nine, nine yeah, and four and a half. It's not good. I think I think we just sat up here and was like, he can't rebound, he can't defend. It's not so, good. So, yeah. Okay. But I think there were matchups where he just there were games where he looked bad, but then there were a lot of games where he was just like cool. He was there. then I'll go Larry because we expected Larry. we expected him to be the backup. I will go Larry as well. Like the full-time backup point guard. We didn't I, think they were I 100% have, ex- Yeah. We didn't I'll, think we were going to have to stagger Mo and, and Javion. Larry will pass up Abdul for my Abdul will be second for me. <laughs> Man, we thought Abdul was going to be like a wing defender that I can know. hit threes. I know. We had closing lineups with Abdul in them. <laughs> and this is the clown Abdul. Abdul I think should be a good player next year. It, he continues to develop cuz he can shoot a little bit too. He's athletic. He can shoot. His problem is just, I think, it's just decision making on defensively. Yeah, because that's what he has to be. He has to be a three and D player. That's how you get on the court with Grant. Obviously, we know that to be a good defender. So, yep. Just continue to develop and hopefully, because I, I really, really, really hope that Abdul and Larry can contribute next year. I think I said that. I expect them. to. I think I said that like my ideal lineup this year was like Javion, Reese, Abdul, Dang, and Zach. I think that's what I said like coming into the year. What my ideal lineup is. I hate you. So, anyways, congratulations. Um, also, I shouted out Larry last podcast. Hope he's okay. So, last podcast was like two days ago. I know. Um, Storyline of the season. I made this one up just because I wanted to add some story more stuff. Storyline of the season. I would say, can I, excuse me, you're going to say this is a cop out, but watching this team becoming the one seed. Like oh, that's Conference cool. championships. I'll go with that. Okay. Because I don't think anyone, I mean, we didn't expect them to be as good as they were, and to be as bad as they were coming in, like we didn't think, we both didn't think that they were going to figure it out until mid-January. Yeah, and they figured it out before then, and then won fourteen games in conference. No, I I think that's a good one because we were always kind of skeptical. I think everybody was kind of skeptical because the last two seasons it always fell off. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, could this be the game they fall off? You know, they lost to Rice, and we're like, oh, okay, barely beat Middle, okay. Like there were those games where it's like I don't know, and then they would come home and they blow out FIU, FAU, Old Dominion, UTSA. They just beat the crap out of them, and you're like, I team, think the difference was different. is that the non-conference was so much harder than years past, where they just destroyed teams, and we're like, oh, they're twelve and one in non-conference. Yeah. 
but they're playing Maryland Eastern Shore, yeah. whereas this time they're playing Dayton and Arkansas in VCU. Utah State, Rhode Island, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma. And, and for them go to, down the list. And for them to realistically be competitive in all those games and come out of that non-conference four and seven, like when you think about it, that's kind of a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> UT Arlington. Like that's it's a crazy, crazy schedule. I really hope they have a good schedule next year too. That'd be fun. Um I'll just roll with that. I had J Javion's emergence as my storyline of the year. I think it kind of goes hand in hand. So I think that's really fun to to look at. Um Game of the Year. <sighs> I think tough. there's only uh, there are a few. Let me go through the candidates here. Okay. So, or, or is it the candidates? What, what do the award shows say? The nominees. The nominees. So we have the Oklahoma game. Yes. Early in the season, that was a great game. Fantastic game. I would say, I can't say that one. Maybe VCU was a great game too before the the end. Are we going after? All right, here I'm gonna excitement. say Oklahoma. Okay. I'm gonna say the first Louisiana Tech game. The Marshall game was really good, too. That's an honorable mention. The second Louisiana Tech game and the Western Kentucky game. Okay. I'm going to say this from a point of... Because I wasn't at the Western Kentucky game, unfortunately. Yeah, I, know. I know. Probably the most exciting game for me would probably be the second Law Tech game. Mm-hmm. Because it was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. When Javen was making shots you didn't think should be made. And then DePuan Bracey was hitting step-back threes literally like four times in a row. And then hit some like fifteen footer hook shot with his offhand. So yeah, yeah. The answer is definitely Western Kentucky game. But yeah, right there. yeah, I wasn't there. And that's what a game. That makes that makes the conference tournament being canceled so much so much harder than I was. Here's a question: If Thomas Bell hits that game winning three against Oklahoma, is that the game of the year? Yes. Imagine pandemonium in the pit. <laughs> pit pandemonium. What? Whew. But that, again, that's still at the time where I was like, Thomas Bell isn't in this. He's not built for this. Right. Now, if he shot out, I'd be like, he's like a 34% shooter. He might, that might go in. So, all right. That's all the superlatives I had, Con. Is that all you had? Yep. I really don't care how long this podcast goes because nobody else is doing anything else for the right. rest of like. We don't even know when the next podcast would be. Right. Like four months, nobody's doing anything. <laughs> so, like, yeah. just check this podcast out. We're going to let this go for four hours. Just listen <laughs> to it. Hours. Okay. Question times. Questions time. Question time. Question time. Thank you, Colin. First, from Preston Hodge. Again, these are a little bit into the next season. Yeah, that's fine. So I think we're moved on to that point. Anyways. Actually, first, NTSN will answer the last question about this past season. What were each of y'all's favorite moment from the 2019-20 season? Even though I wasn't there, I'm, I'm going to do a one and two. Obviously, the conference championship because no one expected it at all. But, man... My second favorite moment would probably be. That's tough. I don't know. Is there a personal story you have that you remember? I mean, not necessarily. Just Javion. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's what most people remember. You, I think this Javion resembles LeBron in a lot of ways to yeah. this team. In yeah. a, like, he's clearly the leader. Yeah. Like without JV on this team isn't isn't what it is. And I just yeah, just remember every time he hits a three, the celebration with the upside down. M. M. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's what I remember. Um, for me, it was probably being right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no, that that's a good answer. That is a really good answer because years memory's got to be like Grant coming up to him being yeah. like, like, no, he didn't come up to me. I went up to him, tears in his eyes and everything. Right, but him saying that to I you go up first. to him. I'm like. 
coach, congratulations. He said, Bruni, you had us going 13 and 5. <laughs> now we have 14 wins. And I was like, you're right, coach. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that is that I'm that sorry. that is the best story ever. That was that that's the one for me. <laughs> that's perfect. So that kind of ties into being a conference championship, <laughs> the conference championship game, or winning the conference championship. Uh, that Oklahoma game was really fun though. Don't sleep on that game. Um all right, that was the first question from NTSN. We'll get back to his questions in a second. Preston Hodge asked what additions to their their games or what additions to their game do you want to see various returning players add? So let's go through this. Every single player. What do you want to see them add? If you had one thing, Colin, sneeze. Vampire sneeze, Colin. There you go. Let's talk to vampire sneeze. Into that ugly sweater you have on. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Let's go through the, the returners. From most played to least played. What do you want to see them add? One thing. Yep. You can only pick one thing. JV on Hamlet. Off ball. As in spot up shooting? Or catching and attacking, or uh, spot up shooting, just so that he doesn't have to be the primary ball handler for eighty percent of the time he's on the court. Yeah, I think, and it doesn't have to be it just like to where he's able to kind of you know sit in the corner, whether that's Mo with the ball in his hand and he's able to just hit a corner. And that will allow him also to not have to come off the court as much. He can he can kind of just rest those minutes in in the corner as as instead of coming out of the game. Um, I th- I would say I would say continue to take a step up defensively would probably be my answer. I think uh, he had developed as a very good defender as the season wore on, but uh, but I do think that he can continue to take take steps forward on the defensive side of the ball. And Colin has gone to get napkins while Maya has come in and joined us. Maya, how are you doing today? And Colin has kicked her out. And there we go. It's because you hate her. All right. So now, Emoja Gibson returning for his junior season. Inside game. We kind of saw glimpses of it for sure, but he was very inefficient. But I think he's he's going to find, I don't, I guess, find a way to finish yeah. consistently. No, no, for sure. Because he picked his spots. It was just a matter of getting used to finally driving. What's more likely, him finishing at the rim or him adding a floater? Finishing at the rim. Okay. I agree. Yeah, I, I think his... When he attempted to floor this year, it just didn't look natural to him. Yeah, I agree. Um, someone tell Javion to get him and Mo just work on floaters for like imagine five if, weeks straight. Imagine if he had a what? What if he was like Javion, like just a little bit below Javion in terms of finishing and everything? I That'd think be- no, yeah, I, he would be really good. But I think another thing for him would be uh, consistency in creating. You know, because he always he had those moments where he was a good passer, and then it was kind of like. The, the lanes kind of changed on him and his passing angles changed and he wasn't able to make those passes. He needs to be able to be consistent. Can we say, like, getting bigger? Yeah, of course. I think, like, strength. Like we if just named four things for Mo. When we I know, we said one. one. Well, I guess it kind of goes hand in hand with no, finishing. No, it doesn't. We said four things. Okay, finish. So there you go, Mo. Finish All them. of that. Put it on. Just go see, Dame, see Dame again. Yeah, just, <laughs> go visit Dame. And, uh, yeah, get his workout routine. All right, James Reese. Something other than spot up shooting doesn't it doesn't so is that driving mid range? I don't care. It doesn't matter what it is. It, either it's coming off of a screen and hitting a mid range, or finally driving to the basket. Just something. I agree. I think just his game can't be as one dimensional as it is next year. Um, he's a three and D player right now. Right, and I, I being think, off the dribble, we found we saw him late in the season kind of figure find his spots on the mid range and hit those pull ups where he's comfortable. So yeah. I have no problem with him. He could be a fifty percent mid range shooter. 
Oh yeah, I mean he has the shot and he has the the, the verticality to do it. It's yeah. just one, I think it was not trying to do too much, and then two, just you you had JV on. Yeah. So Zachary Simmons, move laterally, my guy. Just move laterally. <laughs> I'd probably say rebounding. I was okay. Rebounding. If you could become a dominant rebounder, yeah. It it. it, it What's more likely though? Fills so many holes. Being becoming quicker as a defender or being able to jump. That's a tough question. Well, it wouldn't be jumping. It would be being right. It'd be, a it'd be a technical force. thing. But yeah, it'd be. It'd be. Uh, I don't know which ones. It's probably whichever one he wants to focus on. He'll focus on both, obviously. But I think he'll be. I think he'll focus on rebounding. That's probably true, especially so. with you know, you What's, got Grant who loves rebounding. So yeah, and they weren't that good. weren't as good this year. Thomas Bell. Uh, doing more with the ball in his hands, whether that's driving, kind of just being another option as a ball handler. I would say three point shooting, because I feel like he is capable of taking that next step and becoming a reliable three point shooter yeah. to where they have to guard him because they weren't guarding him; they were treating him like dang for the last. Which is kind of weird if you think about fourth it. of the season. Yeah, but still, I mean, he wasn't shooting them, so yeah. But if he can get to that point, then it really, really changes stuff. That's true. Because I have no other problems with his game, really. I mean, like you said, he could become a little bit better with the ball in his hands, but I don't know. Just want him to be able to. He need he needs to be a catch and finish player, catch and shoot, catch and dunk, catch and um, make plays. There. I just catch think and pass. I think it, I think it's important to have a secondary ball handler because right now, yeah, but Thomas isn't going to give you that. But I'm I'm not saying is like. Another option off the bench. Yeah. Unless he starts next year, so who knows. Jalen Jackson. Offensive consistency. You can only be a de- only defensive player for so long before you just get surpassed by another dude. Like, anytime he's running the basket, it's just not good looking. But he's capable. He's clearly athletic enough. It's just he needs to learn how to do all that. I'll say three-point shooting. Three-point shooting? Because he might be the worst shooter on this team right now. Besides yes, but what role would he play? Like, if okay, so he develops a three point shot. He's not going to become a DJ. Yes, but he catches. But he caught the ball like on when he was on the court. He would catch the ball with some space, and he can't shoot. But I think him, he's his role going forward is going to be more of a ball handler and point guard. See, but obviously the offense is deep. The offense is different when he's on the court. They're not going to just run high pick and rolls with him and ask him to create. So. Because also he's not the great passer and stuff like that. So why would you force him into that? immediately where I think the most logical thing that he can progress in is probably shooting. That's a good point. Like, yeah, he can improve. I'm just thinking stuff, about what, think why he was brought in in two years. Then we'll talk about him becoming an overall good point guard at this moment. I think he just needs to be able to make threes to play defense. So I don't know. That's my thing. Um, Maya, Jemiah Simmons. I don't even know. See, they, they, he's, he's, he went back to being, uh, interior player this year when I think he just has to be a, a an outside player. But I don't think he player. even plays if that's like like next year. I don't. See, but if I, he can shoot, I don't even know if he plays. If he can shoot, he might. Would you rather have Maya or Abdul out there? Well, <laughs> if we're shooting, no. Like actually, yeah, I'd rather have Abdul. So so I'd I'm, rather have. Abdul, I don't think anyways, I don't but. think at this point, unfortunately, that Maya can improve where he's being played now to a point where he's going to be able to be playable next year. I don't think I don't think he'll play. He'd have shoot. to improve his handle. He'd have to improve his shooting. He'd have to become a wing. Yes, a true wing, not a six-four center. Yeah. So, um, that'll be interesting to see. 
Um, well, let's just go Abdul then. Abdul Muhammad. Defensive consistency. I think it's just defense. Yeah. Because he has the capabilities of being a good defensive player. Yeah. And we know if he was a good defensive player, he'd be on the court. Yep. It's pretty easy. But Maya was playing over him for the entire season. Um, Larry Wise. <laughs> I don't think we saw enough of Larry, but just ball handling decision making. Because he's going to probably be the next point guard. I'll say this. He has to be able, he has to be more aggressive. Yes. Just from what I've seen from him in practice and stuff because Yeah, you're better at answering this than I am. He's capable. He's a very capable player, but he kind of lets the game come to him a lot and when you're a guard when you're a guard that can't shoot and you're not Jalen Jackson defender, what are you on the court for, right? Like you're yeah. you're okay at a lot of stuff, you're good at a lot of stuff, but what puts you on the court? You have and he's good enough to where he can make decisions. He can finish it at the rim. He can uh, Euro step. He can. He's good. He has good footwork. Larry Weiss should be able to be aggressive and make plays on the offensive side of the ball, and that's what's limiting him right now. So it's just a mental thing then for for you right now. Yeah, but I think he's also just not comfortable. But it's his. It's going into his third year. Yeah, I mean, the, it's next, make or break. Yeah, exactly. Next year is his his time or not. So, um, he'll be a redshirt sophomore. Right? He'll be a redshirt sophomore next year. Let me make sure I didn't miss anybody. JJ theoretically should be returning next year. Shout out JJ. Um, and that is Shaquem. Shaquem Alcindor, last one. He has to develop to the point where he's better than Tope. <laughs> we thought he was going to be better than Tope. Yeah. He, he has to be... First of all, okay, he's physically able to do everything. It's just knowing when to do things. Like he, it's at, I think it's just a f- defensively. Yeah, because if he's good defensively, he can dunk. Yeah, so become center in college. Just watch Tyson Chandler. Just watch Jared Allen. Just yeah. watch all these dudes that are good defenders, great defenders, and are just rim runners. Because he can be one. That's it. He's you athletic. Have, it just starts on the defensive side of the ball. Nobody looks at Jared Allen and is like, "Wow, that guy is ultra skilled." No, he's seven one and can block shots. Like that's just when you're center like that, you're and you're not like a Osagai. Five. Yeah, like Osagai. Look how effective he was in Conference USA. Shaquem should be looking at that and be like, why can't that be me? Right. That should be the attitude. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if he develops. Again, this is next year is kind of a make or break year for him as well. He will be a retro sophomore next year. Yes. Yes, retro sophomore. Yes, because yes, he retro. played last yeah. year yeah. as a freshman. Yeah. Again, same year as Larry. So big years for them. Okay. Thank you for your question. First question, uh, Preston. Second question, any guys you could see have a bigger role next year? Uh, who's or who, If you had to pick one, I guess. Pick one. Larry? I don't know yet. I, I, as, as someone who already plays for a bigger role, I'd probably say Thomas. He'll probably get start. Yeah. He'll probably get more, more time with so the ball. So Larry or – I'm sorry. I cut you off. No, you're fine. Larry or Abdul, more likely to get big minutes next year. Right now, probably Larry, because you're going to need another ball handler at this point. You're going to need to put another guard out there without DJ and Rose. Yeah. Is there anyone you can see having a reduced role? Preston asked. Zach. It depends who they bring in. Right, and you they'd know they'd have they're going to bring somebody. They're going to bring somebody in, and I. But feel I don't like, know how good. Uh, if they're just if they're if they dang, bring in, okay, if they bring in a dang level guy, 
Zach will see a decreased role because Thomas will be better than he was last this year. Because yeah. we, we saw it toward the end of the season. We saw him have that decreased role. They weren't going to him as much in the post. He was turning the ball over a lot. He wasn't getting as many minutes. I think that that might be that's probably the right answer because like he has a chance. Other than that, I would say it sucks. I don't want to keep bagging on the guy, but we're just answering questions. Uh, J- Jemiah. Maya might go from five minutes five minutes, minutes no minutes a game. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that. I could see that. He, he again. He just has to develop. He has to find his role. He has to figure out what works. All right. Thank you, Preston, for your questions. NTSN question after the first one. Do you think any transfers or incoming freshmen join the team? Well, we know Ruben Jones will join the team, and he can play. And he can play. Um, transfer. So there's two more spots in theory. Scholarship spots left. I would assume a graduate transfer Ford or a junior college Ford. That's my guess. That's what my... kind? Okay, let, let's think of style of player then, since we don't obviously know what like who. Yeah, no, no. Like, oh, would you bring another Dang? Would you bring in someone who's more offensively capable? Like for you, who? Would, what would you rather have? I don't. I don't ask this. I don't want to sound stupid. You ask it. This is this is if a Shane Tamara. Was a graduate transfer option? Would you go after him? That is a very interesting question. Which Shane tomorrow are we talking about? We're talking about prime Shane tomorrow. Uh, which absolutely is not elite. But no, whatever. I mean, he but can no, shoot this team. He he was able, he was shooting like mid-30. three threes a game. Yeah. and hitting two of them sometimes. Shane could play. Shane could play, and he was athletic. Very His athletic. problem was Mid-30. trying to do too much. Yeah, and if you get a guy that's a graduate transfer, if you had Shane tomorrow and you could reel him in. Yeah, if you had if you had changed tomorrow's skill set and physicality with a graduate transfer's supposed maturity, yeah, no brainer. That's a, that's that's that could be an, like this, something like that. If, would if be you get really a guy that can, if you get a guy like you said, like Shaquem, who is able to dunk and just use his athleticism, like Justin Anderson for for WKU, Josh Anderson, Josh yeah. Anderson, he doesn't do a whole lot except for dunk everywhere and play good defense. Like, you need a guy like that. Yeah. And I feel like that's the kind of guy that North Texas is missing. Uh, we hope that's Shaquem. Right, I'm, but I'm saying, like, if or you're Abdul. trying to bring in a dude. Yeah. I would go a little more offensive-based because I feel like your defense is, is already very solid. Yeah, I agree. And it gives you more options yeah. instead of having to rely on Javion. Yeah. Like Bryson Williams. Like, he's a tall, he's like six seven and does everything. Yeah, Bryson Edwards. Edwards, I think is his name, right? Yeah, Bryson Edwards. Is it? I'm 80% sure. Okay. Well, whoever. Very informed <laughs> podcast here. Um, Jared Savage. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think then I think after that, then they probably go another freshman. Unless if they... I'll tell you what. If they go two transfers, it says a lot about who they have on the bench. I think they go two transfers. I think that says a lot about... I agree. Who they have on the bench? Larry, well, let, Shaquille, let's go over. Maya. Okay, let's go over this. Including because of this year, you're not going to the NCAA tournament. You're not going to win your conference tournament championship like you were favored to do. So next year is way more of a win now year than this year was because you have Javon as a senior you year. Have like five seniors, yeah. Right. I mean, next year's your win now year. Starters will be seniors, and then you have and Mo if, who's a junior. And if they're not confident, like you said, in Larry or Shaquem to make that step to be players like. They had this year, like if you don't have another a DJ replacement, if you don't have a Rose replacement, if you don't have a Dang replacement already on your team, 
I don't see why they don't try to bring in a power five dude, graduate transfer or a dang. Exactly. I mean, I think that's the move over anything else right now. Because otherwise, you're going to be back to rebuilding again. Well, they won't be back to rebuilding. Okay, you won't be back to rebuilding, but you'll be back to having holes, I guess. Exactly. And I I don't think that that's Whereas you're saying this is a win now year. So, yeah. Right. Even more so. We will learn a lot if that... We'll see what they do there, but it'll be interesting. All right. Then lastly, he said, you know, I have to have my attendance questions. How do you think the attendance will be next season? I think at the start of the year will be pretty good. It will depend on who they schedule and who they can get at home. But I think it will be good to start the season. I think there will be a lot of excitement. Now, again, if we assume that the lower bowl is 6,000, I would say probably 3,000, just a safe estimate there. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's much more than this year. Yeah, I mean, this year it was, well, this year it was probably 1.5 to 2. Yeah, but for a majority of the year. It's going to be hard to, unless they get that big win next year in non-conference, it's going to be hard to get more people than this year. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. I think there's going to be a good amount of excitement over next year's team. Okay. Do we have anything more to say on next year's team? I don't think so at this point. I don't I mean, think so either. We basically just broke down every single player and uh, possible lineups. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think we're good on that. Yeah. Well, that's all I had, Colin. That's, that's all I, all I had. Down. Oh, I'm tired. Hopefully this podcast was long enough for y'all to... You're shorter than the last one. By five minutes. Oh, damn. We got to make this longer. <laughs> just kidding. Um... Well, that's all I had, Colin. So we're, we're going to wrap this up. Follow us on Twitter at Mingering247, Matthew Bruni underscore, CJH Mitchell. We have good content coming out, fun content coming out, especially. I'm going to try to keep it fun, keep it upbeat. Um, if any news breaks or anything like that, I'll be on top of it. Um, I'll try to get some interviews with players or coaches or whatnot, just kind of just reflecting on the season. Uh, we'll talk to football. We'll see what they're doing, see what their plans are for spring ball. I th- believe spring practices are canceled right now, Colin. Is that correct? Um, pr- I believe so. And uh, so the spring game definitely won't happen, but it didn't happen last year either, if y'all remember. So, yeah, we'll see how all that plays out. Again, wash your hands. Stay home as much as possible. Uh, let this pass. It's unfortunate situations that everything is canceled, but sometimes life happens so yeah stay safe everybody subscribe to beingreen247.com for vip news and board post um and thank you thank you all for joining us this has been a great season we've thoroughly enjoyed covering it thank you all for y'all's interaction thank you all for tweeting at us thank you all for reading our stuff and uh we hope that we can continue to provide y'all with great coverage and who knows where we'll be in two or three months with this whole situation. So y'all stay safe out there. We'll talk to y'all later.